Coming up today, an inspired win by the Perth Wildcats on the road. We break that down. We talk about the Illawarra Hawks and their continued momentum. Andrew Bogut says it's Melbourne and then the rest is wide open. And the Brisbane Bullets, are they in danger of falling away from the pack? That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is December the 27th, as always. Great to have your company with NBL now. We are marching our way through the Christmas and New Year period. I'm Jack Heverin, alongside Derek Rucker. A far north Queensland edition of NBL now this morning, Ruck, because you're in Cairns and you saw the Perth Wildcats on the back of an outstanding performance by Christian Doolittle. Great win on the road against the Taipans. It was, and Perth got some big-time performances from Doolittle and obviously Bryce Cotton. But Doolittle's was the one that they needed. I think we've come now to expect Bryce to go off. He's on a tear. As far as I'm concerned, 33 points again last night. But Doolittle, 17 points, 16 boards. Those were the ones that changed the game and won the game for Perth as they were able just to cling on down the stretch and get that W. This is a really... Interesting little period for the Perth Wildcats. Um, You've spoken about this before, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago with the Adelaide 36ers. You can either embrace it or you can buck against it. It kind of feels like the Wildcats are embracing this. Yeah, well, I think the Wildcats are so fortunate, Jack, to be led by Bryce Cotton. Your team's overall temperament kind of takes on that of the top player. And And Bryce never panics. He's so composed. He plays with a lot of urgency, and he can ramp that urgency up right to the level of panic, and I think that's key. And last night, I think I mentioned on the broadcast that we've seen Perth put together performances like this for decades, where you think that they might be in a little bit of trouble, the house might be crumbling, but they come out and they play with discipline, they do what's required, they defend, and they get some type of contribution from somebody else outside the star group, and then you get a a big-time win. Now they get to go into Adelaide with a little bit of pressure off them. They needed a road win. They got it, and now they can proceed to play against a big rival. Illawarra Hawks, let's jump to them. A great win on Christmas Day against the Sydney Kings in a game that I I think they were going in as rank underdogs, and, and rightly so, given where the Kings were on the table. But... A win's a win, and it's a great one for the Hawks. So I guess the conversation is going to turn pretty quickly, Ruck, to to Justin Tatum, if it hasn't already in terms of what he's been able to do for this group. Should they start to look at a conversation with him about a more permanent position for him as head coach? Well, Jack, you know how everything sits at Kudos Bank Arena in terms of where we prepare before the game where the visiting team sits, where their change room is. Before that game, you could feel Illawarra, the players, the staff, head coach Justin Tatum, they were spreading themselves around that backstage area, kind of establishing some type of territory. And they didn't walk into that venue like the underdog that they were. Tatum has given them a belief and a confidence that is palpable. Even when they got down by 18, I believe, in the second quarter, I think Brad Rosen mentioned on the telecast, like, this isn't what it looks like. Illawarra are in this game. They're executing their game plan. Which leads me to the next part. What do you do now with Justin Tatum? Jack, give him two years right now. What are you waiting on? Give him two years. He's 4-2 and now. And it's not like he's just beaten 
the worst teams in the competition. He went into Sydney on Christmas Day in front of an international stage, a heavy, heavy underdog against a far more talented team and took it to them, ate all their Christmas dinner, took all the gifts back to Wollongong. <laughs> it's interesting, Ruck, because I'll, I'll admit I've been in the camp with Justin Tatum from the start in terms of what's the rush? Why wait? Let the season play out. Take a deep breath and, and you never know what can happen. But watching that win on Christmas night, and you mentioned they were down 18 at one stage and Brad was right that it, it didn't look as bad as what it was. He's got buy-in from this group. He's got this group all rowing the boat in the same direction. So I must admit that Christmas Day win has changed my opinion where I'm now with you. I think, what are you waiting for? This guy can clearly motivate, can clearly coach. He'll have to build the roster. But, I mean, what an announcement that would be for the Hawks community to say, well, here's our guy for the next two years. And it's interesting how someone with that type of gravitas and that type of charisma can share that amongst his playing group. Tyler Harvey, someone who drives me crazy, but who I really like as a person, probably why he drives me crazy because I see how good he could be in our league. Well, he hasn't had a good season. We've, we've made no bones about that. And even in that game, he wasn't playing great. He wasn't shooting great. But Jack, he's carrying himself like he's the best player in the league. Yep. And that is all happened Justin Tatum has taken over. And then because Tyler is still faking it till he makes it, he starts knocking down some shots in half. And that's what you need from your coach. He must instill that supreme level of confidence in your players in adverse times. And now they can propel themselves forward, which they have. And he's got Sam Froling, Ruck, another guy who I know that you love, but has frustrated you. He's got Sam Froling playing like he's the best local big in the league right now. Sam has no doubts in his mind. If he sees a one-on-one -on -one matchup, I don't care who it is. We saw it against Tyrell Harrison a few weeks ago. We saw it against Jordy Hunter. Those guys are no slouches as big men in this competition. They're young. They're in his peer group. And Froling's taking it to them on both occasions. He, he, he was key in that win on, Sun, on Monday, on Christmas Day. And, you know, they just, they just missed out in beating Brisbane a few weeks ago. So Sam really elevated his game, and that elevation has led, which is great for him, to, to much better productivity from the team and getting more Ws. Had a listen to the Rogue Bogues podcast. You never know what's going to come when Andrew Bogut jumps behind the mic, which is kind of why I enjoy the show. He was talking about the, the way that the, the table is positioned right now and, the, and just the way that the league is positioned as a whole. And his belief is that it's Melbourne and then a pretty clear gap between what's next. But after Melbourne, it's very much an open race right now. Agree? Disagree? I agree, but I'm uncertain of his motives. Why would he come out and say that? I think it's a little game and psychological tricks. He knows that his team, is Sydney Kings, are extremely talented. Yes, there is a gap in the standings. There's a significant break from one to the rest of the league. That's true. But is there a significant gap when those teams start to go head-to-head? -head? So when you look at Melbourne United, Jack, who do I think can threaten them? And let's look first at a three-game series 
with the parameters being all teams have all their players that are fully fit, which could come to handicap uh, Tasmania based on what we find out about Will Mag. But I believe Sydney can beat them over a three. I believe that Tasmania can beat them over a three-game series. And Jack, I think Southeast Melbourne can beat them over a three-game series. I beg your pardon? I think Southeast Melbourne can beat Melbourne United over a three-game series. Have you changed your tune on Southeast Melbourne? Because prior to Christmas Day, you were pretty cold on them. I don't know what I think about that. They're <laughs> bizarre. But I think when they get is a good basketball player. He gives them some It's going to be a great compliment when Creaky gets back. Now, let's look at a five-game series. Southeast Melbourne cannot beat Melbourne in a five-game five series. Now, I'm not saying they will beat them in a three-game series. I'm saying they have the potential to beat them in a three-game series. Five-game series, there are only two teams, a fully fit Tasmania and Perth. Right now, those are the two teams that can beat Melbourne United. I don't think Sydney have it defensively to be able to go up against Melbourne United. I don't think Sydney care enough defensively to be able to meet Melbourne United in a five-game series. It's Perth and it's Tasmania. I'm also very uncomfortable when you and Andrew Bogut agree on something. That's, there's, a, there's a whole world there that I haven't got my head around you and Bogues being besties again all of a sudden. But here we go. That's, it's a new year. We've got New Year's resolutions not far away. I know. Um, I just think that, you know, we saw Bogues have a little bit of a go at the team and the coaching situation a couple of weeks ago. So I think he's changed his tactic here and started to kind of poke external variables. And, and this was one of those attacks. Interesting game coming up tonight. The Brisbane Bullets play host to the New Zealand Breakers, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Of course, check your local guides. You'll see it all on the worldwide leader ESPN. The, the worry here is the Bullets, Ruck, I think. Uh, they've lost three in a row. New Zealand coming off a really good win a few days ago against Sydney. Just with the way that Illawarra are emerging, the Breakers themselves are emerging, the Phoenix having a win, the teams all around that playing bracket are, are, are in good form right now, and the Bullets aren't. Are they in danger of losing their position and, and losing track of the season? Well, I'm sure you watched the game down in Adelaide. I thought that was... a uh... Not dispirited, but they didn't play with the sense of desire that I thought that game warranted. And now they find themselves in a situation which two weeks ago looked like, okay, we got New Zealand coming up here. We got a bunny. Things have totally changed now. New Zealand will have the three best players on the floor if Zion Cheatham can play in this game. If they go with PJC, Anthony Lamb, and Cheatham, they got the three best players. And in basketball, that leads me to believe that team is going to win most of the time. So it's really bad timing, but Brisbane need to defensively. They've started to fall away since the FIBA break in that regard. And I think Justin Schuler is still tinkering with that lineup. And I'm going to say it again. Get the big fella. Get the young fella. Get the next star out there. Let him play early and see if he can impact the game. Instead of, instead of waiting until the game is getting out of hand and you got to throw caution to the wind and roll him out there to see if he can make some plays and change, make some plays and change kind of the energy, put him out there a little bit earlier and see if he can have an impact in building a lead 
as as opposed to trying to reduce a deficit. So it's a big game. I'll be in Brisbane for that one. Uh, I think they're expecting another bumper sellout crowd. Jackson will be a fantastic game. And, and like all these games over this holiday period, you just can't miss them. They're, they're must-watch viewing. Wildcats have got the toughest travel schedule at the moment, but yours isn't far behind. So you'll be courtside tonight at uh, Nissan Arena for the Brisbane Bullets and the New Zealand Breakers. Let's just finish off with a little bit on Christmas Day, Ruck. We both work games on Christmas Day. You were in Sydney. I had the Jack Jumpers game against South East Melbourne. We're now two years in. I know Geordie Hunter spoke after the Sydney game and said that he really enjoyed it and he thinks it's going to get bigger and bigger. You've been involved in both in Sydney. What did you think and how do you think the Christmas Day project is going after two seasons? You could feel the vibe as soon as we walked into place. And last year, I would say there was a sense of apprehension. I think uh, the spectators didn't really know how to act. What day should they even be here at the game on Christmas Day? This year was totally different. All the spectators and everyone was amped up, ready to go. And I think, you know, that was reflected in the numbers. They had, I believe, a 20 to 25 percent increase in attendance at the game. Yep. Um, the crowd was charged. And I had some I had some some friends down from Brisbane and went to the game and they absolutely loved it. They thought they couldn't they couldn't think of not doing it again next year. Doing your thing in the morning with the family, then heading out to Kudos Bank Arena in the evening. And the Kings were down there a lot, Jack. We fantastic job with their hospitality and with their entertainment look i'm sure it was really hard to swallow that loss from the king's perspective but i think the christmas day thing is here i would love and i might be getting ahead and somebody might have to uh send me an email later jack i'd love to see a triple header next year a queensland one early in the morning for the second game of the double and then you've got the Sydney game as the showcase marquee piece of it. I think it's a fantastic initiative. I love being a part of it. And um, I just hope it grows and grows and grows. Yeah, I think it's here to stay, no doubt about it. And a big shout out as we finish as well. There's so much spoken about the players and the sacrifice they make on Christmas Day. It's so much more. It's officials, it's volunteers, it's all of the teams, it's the staff involved in the broadcast. And I'm not talking about commentators here. I'm, I'm talking about the cameramen and women and the people behind the scenes. There are a lot of people that make sacrifices to make the Christmas Day experience happen. And a big shout out to each and every one of you for making it possible. Ruck, you've got a big game coming up tonight. I'm looking forward to watching this one. It's going to be a big one. And I'm going to give a little prediction here. I've got Brisbane 86, New Zealand 79. Just remember that Derek Rucker said that. If it lands and it's close tomorrow... The Oracle has struck again. D-Ruck, safe travels and look forward to seeing you tonight at Nissan Arena. Okay, Jack, have a great one. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Continue to enjoy your Christmas and your new year. NBL Now is back tomorrow. We'll see you then.